Yeah, in a minute. Okay, peace and black power family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and we are here for another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast. And I have my lovely co-host, Marcy Lee, in the building. And we also have our special guest, Yarima. He is here, and the brother is a dynamic brother. Let me just give y'all a little insight for those that don't know. Yurima is known for his high energy and unapologetic videos. And you can see them on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. The outspoken thought leader is the CEO of Unity Walk. And he is not afraid to speak truth to power regardless to who it offends. So... A lot of people's feelings is going to get hurt, but it is what it is. And I see people are piling into the building. We have Ann Smile, L Captain, my brother Craig Jackson, and a few other people. So with all that said, we're going to get started. We're not going to waste no time. Yeah. Now, Yurima, you just recently had a video that's been going viral where you called out the demon cracks. And um, everything you said in there, brother, I can say I 100% agree with you. Um, many people may not agree with you, but, you know, let the chips fall where it may. And one thing that I say is whoever my open enemy is against, I am for. And whoever is for the open enemy, I am against. So, brother, I stand 100% 10 toes down with you. Uh, Marcy Lee, you want to start it off? Sure. I want to echo what you said. It is a pleasure to have you on the show, High Demand. Uh, you are someone in the community that people look for to be that voice. Like he said, that's unapologetic. And I want to start off with uh, kind of going to what he was leading to with the demon crash as well. You, I feel like you coined it. I'm not sure. Uh, but you are the only person that I've heard using that language. But what do you say to Black celebrities who are calling Black people stupid or dumbasses because they're electing not to vote for the Democrats this time around? What do you say to that? Well, well, let, let, let's overstand that, that Black celebrities, uh, some of them are boule. Many of them are sellouts, but they know what side their bread is buttered on. And uh, when given when given the task, when called on, LeBron, when called on, they, they go do Massa's bidding for him. Because Massa has set up a system where if you don't do his, his bidding, he can cut off your food supply. And so that's what I mean about the sellouts. They're in a position where they can say that because they have made a blood commitment with the same system and the same devils that are put here to annihilate us. So I have no respect for many of those celebrities and the ones who do um, stand up, um, I, I, think, I think we see what happens to them. And so um, I always say, if you, wanna, if, you wanna see, if you wanna see who's real amongst your people, see who your enemy hates the most amongst your people. Mm. Nice. Speaking of who the enemy hates amongst our people, uh, surprisingly, our beloved brother Ice Cube 
uh, is getting a lot of backlash, not from the open enemy, from, but from our people. And it's real ironic that we talk about who's 2020 and that they have to come to the table in order to get our vote. So in all fairness, he went to both parties and some people are saying that he made a pledge with the devil because he went and spoke with Donald Trump, which he hasn't spoken with him and he made his clarification. He just presented his contract for Black America. What are your thoughts on Ice Cube being a thought leader and being able to do what many other people are not able to do, which is to um, get the attention of the masses of the world. Well, I so 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 a few things that resonate with me there. One thing we can't we as black people can't have it both ways. Mm -hmm. Meaning that you can't say tangibles twenty twenty tangibles are no vote, and then some tangibles are presented. A party is willing to take a look at those tangibles. So what we have to understand is there's a couple of the things that go on here. Okay. Tangibles 2020, what that means, and, I, and I'm a business owner, so I get it. See, see, black people want to cry. We want to stand back and cry and think that, 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 that they're going to give us milk. Tangibles 2020 means a proposal or an agenda is submitted. The parties potentially look at that submission. Mm -hmm. And then if they agree to some of the terms or all of the terms or whatever, there has to be people that go to the table to negotiate that. That's how that works. It's not you make a submission or you scream and holler and they say, OK, we're tired of you crying. And so we're going to give you what you want. It doesn't work like that. So that means that somebody has to go to the table if the Democrats were willing to take a look at the proposal or the agenda, which they weren't. They said, we'll take a look at that after the election. In other words, nigga, give us your vote like you've been giving us your vote. And we 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 might take a look at that. Mm. And, and I, I want to respect your platform. So I don't want to get too callous and out there because I get I get live. But hey, hey. Let me explain something. this is necessary blackness podcast. And okay. I hope it means necessary. Get vulgar. Cuss, curse, talk about the open enemy, with yeah. death on your open enemy. We do it all here. Yeah. Okay, so to follow up on something that you were just talking about, mm -hmm. when we talk about the Democrats and uh, tangibles, like you, you just mentioned, mm -hmm. something that I was mentioning to my co-host the other day that I think that we really could do as a community is since the Democrats has elected not to offer anything until after the election, hold their feet to the fire and make them promise or make a pledge that within their one their first 100 days that they will do something specifically for Black people. So what do you think about that notion of holding their feet to the fire and making them make a pledge to the Black community? Um, I, 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 I think the Queen, the, the, the premise is great. I think it's a great premise. The problem with it is that we, we so, so that would be foreign territory for us. And this is what I mean. And no disrespect, I think what you present is absolutely right and exact if we were in our right minds. The problem is, is that we've never, this is how we get in this position today because we've never held any politicians accountable. Mm 
So to hold somebody's feet to the fire, the Democrats really are looking at us as as they're looking at the next voting block as being the Hispanics. Mm-hmm. They're looking at us as becoming obsolete. Absolutely. They're, they're not even they're not even really wanting to even talk to us anymore. They make a mockery of our community. They they, they with people like Cardi B presenting to Joe Biden. I mean, they just totally mock us for a for a presidential candidate to 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 jump in a white candidate at that who has shown that his racism in the past, who his mentors are known racists, his mentors. This is facts. So people can look that up. His mentors are known racists that were totally for segregation said that they didn't want us in the same school systems. And one of his mentors out of Mississippi, I can't remember the devil's name, but clearly said that blacks were inferior to whites. These were Biden's mentors. So for a guy like that to get on TV and say, if you ain't, if you don't, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. I mean, every, every, every in Aboriginal indigenous person in this country should feel a way about that. Like, did this devil really just say that? So We've never held their feet to the fire. My thing is, um, ultimately, ultimately, my thing is we should have been, with everything we've gone through in this country, we should have been, had our own party. So holding their feet to the fire, no, what they should have done is they should have taken a look at that proposal before the election and said, okay, this is these are the things that we can take out of this that we can get done. Specific tangibles for us as a community should not be something that's off the table or outside the the realm of reality considering that Obama gave specific tangibles to the Isra- to the Israelis the Jews uh, he gave specific tangibles to the native americans he nope. gave specific tangibles to the lgbtq gay community so these were specifics so to sit back and say well we can't specifically do anything for black people you're lying you're liars you don't want to do anything for black people and black people need to wake up to that realization instead of trying to call it something other than what it is. Now, now you talked about holding uh, their feet to the fire. We're going to do a little something different, right? We're going to throw their whole goddamn body in the fire right here. Because <laughs> guess what? Yo, for everybody that's joining us, we got Yarima in the building my name is Raheem Shabazz. I'm here with my co-host, Marcy Lee, and this is the Necessary Blackness Podcast. So to follow up, right, um, one of the, um, one, the proposal or the contract with Black America presented, then there needs to be a second phase where individuals that are thought leaders need to come to the table and negotiate it, right? So my question to you, right, um, who would you suggest be those individuals? I'm going to say one, Dr. Cloy Anderson. Um, he was, he was off rip going to be my pick. Um, um I and, and the way, cause I, I probably knew that it'd probably be all three of our picks, but who else are some of the people? Um, so I, I, I think that, you know, that that's, that's a, <laughs> it's a it's a real tricky question. I think Dr. DeGry, she should be part of that. That was my next one. <laughs> she should be part of that. Overstand, Raheem, and I, I keep it real. Overstand that that yeah. I'm right now when you ask that question, yeah. I'm trying to literally sift through and eliminate the pulpit pimps 
I'm, I'm, I'm literally trying to sift through and eliminate the sellouts in the black community. That's I'm trying to Al, yeah, Sharpton. Al Sharpton, but, but, but not only them, there's some that, that have, that are on the conscious tip that claim to be on the conscious tip, but they really not. They, they for self, they for self gratification, self-fulfillment, that's it. They could really care less about black people behind closed doors. And I've been behind some of those closed doors with them. So I, I, I would, my, my two picks off rip would be Dr. Claude Anderson. As a matter of fact, I don't see how you could, how you could sit at that table with a black agenda without that brother at the table. I don't see from, and, and so what we, I think what we have to do, what I would like to see is, is people that represent a few different areas. So you got Dr. Claude Ander Anderson and the brilliance in Dr. Claude is that he actually was in the political arena, stepped away, created, uh, uh, got, basically he was the spook who sat by the door, was in yes. the political arena, arena, stepped away, got the jewels that he needed to come and bring back to his people. So he's created a blueprint. We just don't use it. Dr. DeGrasse, she's more on the psychological, the mental health type. She talks about the trauma that has been passed down uh, uh, throughout the channels of, of the slave system itself and how we still deal with trauma and, and pain in our community and how we never got any therapy for that. So I think you need I think you need people in areas of education. Every place that black people were denied, that's what you need. Education, we were denied education, our ancestors, which yeah. put us at a disadvantage. That domino effect, because of not uh, being allowed to educate ourselves, the domino effect of that was contracts, illegitimate contracts or fraudulent contracts that got land taken that our ancestors own. So we need somebody in the realm of education, somebody in the realm of a land. These are tangibles that they can give to us. There's plenty of land in this country that is actually owed to us. We need uh, uh, people in the area of, of the medical field, not just Dr. DeGry, but others in the medical field. Why? Because we know that medical apartheid took place. So when we talk about these different areas, economics, we're in this position because whites are still 10 times, sometimes in some cases, 100 times uh, more than us when it comes to certain areas, home ownership, that sort of thing. So I think you need, the focus needs to be in those main areas of black living, uh, 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 communities, uh, how the trickle down effect never took place. Those, those, those Reagan dollars never made it down to the black community, nor those Clinton dollars never made it down to the black community. So I think those areas we need to touch on. Yeah. I think that uh, I believe her name is Michelle Alexander, uh, the woman who wrote uh, The New Jim Crow would be yes. excellent. And mm -hmm. also there is a journalist. I, I, his last name is Copes. He went to the housing, yes. um, you know, um, spoke to them in regards to reparations. So I think there's so many people that have stood up for black people and we haven't heard enough of them. We're hearing so much from these entertainers. Uh, and not enough from our academic community. Well, I think I think too. I want to add something to uh, Queen Marcy is that I think that one of the problems we have, um, and that we have to get away from. Um, I have nothing, no problem with those scholars, but we need to also be having people from the community at that table who's putting in work down here on ground zero, because a lot of times what happens is we're relegated to childlike status. Well, because I have an education or a degree, 
Well, but you ain't down. You ain't been in the hood in the last 15, 20 years. Absolutely. So your education and degree, we need well-spoken people from the community who also have a voice to be sitting at those tables. And it shouldn't be relegated because when you look at our history, that's exactly what the black boule was created for. It was created out of the talented tent that educated black conglomerate. And they've always felt better than us. They always felt like our mass is chosen one. So if we're going to make it equal, if we're going to make it fair, then get well, a right. cross section mm -hmm. of everybody. Raheem, if yeah. you don't mind, can I ask him a follow-up since he kind of brought it up real quick? Yeah, exactly. I know you got one in the chamber ready to go. Yeah, exactly. hey. I just wanted to ask you, since you bring up the activists, because we're seeing a lot from Tamika Mallory, from my son, but we're hearing some people have uh, kind of mixed feelings about these folks. Do you mind just sharing with us maybe who in the community you rocking with or how you feel about the Tamika Mallory's and the my sons? Um, so I, I, I like to Tamika. The only thing, the, the only thing I don't like with Tamika is she's connected to Benjamin Crump. And I, 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 so that doesn't sit well with me. Um, the person, and I've, I've, I've been on the stage with this brother, got a chance to feel his energy. There were some other brothers there, but I think who is really sincere. And that's what I look for. I look for sincerity and it's one man. And that's David Banner. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that he's really sincere. David speaks truth to power. I believe he's really about this. And I believe he really um, uh, loves us as a people. And for me, that's that's the start. It, do you love us as a people? Because when you love us as a people, that means that you're putting your life on the line on a daily basis um, for anything. And that, it, it, that means uh, loss of money. That means loss of job. That means loss of a whole lot of stuff. So um, I would say David Banner. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm seeing these different movements, uh, Queen Marcy. And I'm just like, um, I'm, I, I think that we want to believe in these movements. The problem is, is that, uh, for instance, BLM, NFAC, uh, 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 Tamika Mallory and her group, uh, black Democrats, black Republicans, uh, black uh, Catholics, black Baptists, black uh, Protestants, black Jehovah Witness. Then you got the, the NOI. Then you got the Hebrew Israelites. Then you got the Moore Science Temple. Then you got all that division. That's what you got, because all of those groups think that they have the answer for black people. And until all of those groups decide to put down first the ego, check that in at the door and then put down the idea, your religious or political or all all these other ideologies and say, let's get on code just for black people. We can get back to those ideologies. We can get back to those respective groups. But if we're going to make something happen for our people, there, there, you, there has to be a compromise. And that, compro that compromise has to be with our personal ideologies. Yeah, I'm definitely in agreement with what you said. You know, um, a lot of people don't know that Marcus Garvey was a devoted uh, Catholic. Mm. And, um, but he never involved religion in the movement because he knew what it would have done. So that's for and foremost. And to go back on what you were saying about needing people on the ground, you know, boots on the ground, people that have skin in the game need to be sitting at a table. It, it, and a lot of people, I'm going to say two names. Some people say Dr. Puka, 
And uh, Dr. Pukum, very good uh, sister. Then someone said Randy Sport, a short sport. I don't know them. Uh, Dr. Shelley McIntosh in education. And, and that may be cool. These people may be cool. But once again, everybody, people are naming in the chats have doctors in their name. And we have to stop looking to people just because they have successfully... Most of them, not all of them, have been successfully indoctrinated in the European education and somehow have a degree because there's individuals that's in the community that have solution to all of our problems, you know, because they have studied the doctors. They have studied the mistakes that happened beforehand. And, you know, it, it's just like with anything else. What you don't use, you lose, you know. So you can have this book knowledge, but if you're not on the ground in the community, interacting with the people, feeling the energy of the people, knowing what the people want, then you can't really do too much. And I witnessed that when I used to travel around the country and I used to go and speak in these prisons and people used to be amazed of the uh, reception that I used to get from the inmates. And that's because I have skin in the game. I sat where they was at. I'm speaking the language of the people. And then here it is, you have the uh, ex-commissioner of corrections and then the probation officer and then the police chief. They don't want to hear from them because they know that what I tell them, if they're successful in doing it and it keeps them out of prison, then all of them loses their job. And then we free the land and we free the people. So um, my next question is this, right? Um, the Senate, they are meeting. I, 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 days go by so quick. I don't even know if they confirmed. Uh, I think her name is Amy Coney Barrett. Is that the name? Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you been hearing anything? Um, or have, you, have you been following any of that? Uh yeah, yeah, actually. One of the things that um I read, and this was uh the other day, and it was talking about she couldn't be racist because she has an adoptive daughter from Haiti. People gotta stop that. Um, but she made uh, uh, a statement where she talked about her biological daughters, and she was talking about how um they was gifted and one was excelling extremely in mathematics and she's going to be the mathematician of the uh, family and the other one i forgot what she said her gift was but she said the black uh daughter that she had that she adopted from haiti when she got her she was weak she was broken malnutrition and now she's able to deadlift if that's not a racist statement within itself it's like you uh, describe your biological children, you know, as genius, but the black daughter that you adopted, that she's able to deadlift, you know, and it goes back to the notion of us being um, uh, 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 over, you know, with, uh, uh, overwhelmed with strength and more stronger than, the, you know, the black Negro, the super Negro. So what are your thoughts on... Um, her confirmation to uh, possibly be on the uh, Supreme Court, the highest court in the land. So, so I want to I want to touch on a couple of things you said real quick, Raheem. Uh, one, uh, 
you know, white people tend to have a savior syndrome. So they, you know, they want to adopt black children. Uh, many times in those cases, black children are mistreated. Um, the other thing is this, is that, is that um, we, I think we have to come to, we have to come to a realization. I would, I would challenge people to step outside themselves and really look at, really look at what's going on. So the way you just broke that down, how she looked at her daughters as being gifted and the, the, the adopted daughter can deadlift, um, the way that, that, um, you know, Biden talks about, um, <laughs> uh, poor black children are just as, are just as good as, as, uh, white children. Um, and these other stupid asinine statements that he makes, um, the, 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 the stupid things that Trump said is out of his mouth. I think the reason we need to challenge ourselves to step out of ourselves and really take a look at ourselves is because of this. Who's the idiot, them or us? Because we're even talking about voting these idiots in. Mm. <laughs> so, so, I mean, when you, when you add it all up, we actually are the ones that are crazy for even playing this game. But as far as her herself, I'm more concerned. So Supreme Court is for life. We know that that's a life thing. My concern with her is that uh, um, outside of her her racist rhetoric and and most most of them don't even look at it as right. They don't even know they're being racist. They've been racist so long. They don't even know it anymore. Like there's no compassion or anything. But outside of that is my concern with her and anybody else right now is um, her ruling or, or, or looking at the 1905 ruling uh, from Boston where. Uh, talking about the mandatory vaccines. Mm. Um, and she was for it. She was for it. She's for it. And mm. she's made no qualms about being for it. So that's my issue with her is that she shouldn't be put on just for that. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so um, now there is there is talk and speculation that Trump didn't know uh, that the, the picks that come through like that, he is handed a list of picks and, and he didn't know. Um, well, you should know. So there's no excuses. You should know if you're nominating somebody to go on the Supreme Court, which is a life term, you should know who you're putting on the, on the Supreme Court. So she might not be as conservative as people think she is, but that type of vote right there with mandatory vaccines, that affects all of us. And we all should be afraid of that. We all should be scrutinizing that Senate hearing. We all should be watching the outcome of that. And we all should be, again, if we're holding, if, if, if everything was the way it's supposed to be, holding these politicians and Senate leaders and, and uh, congressional leaders to holding their feet to the fire, we would be holding all of them accountable because we're the ones that supposedly voting mm -hmm. in. So I think it's interesting that you bring that up in two parts is that the Trump supporters who seem to be very vocal about not wearing the mask um, would have a huge issue with a judge being appointed who is for mandatory vaccinations. That's one thing. Um, the other thing is I did uh, remember seeing a post that Joe Biden said that if he were to be elected, that he was going to make it mandatory for uh, everyone to get vaccinations. Do you think that people are paying attention to that or do you think they just overlook it because they're focused in on Democrats versus Republicans? I think it's the Democrats versus Republican. Um, and, and I think that I think that we live in such a hostile 
uh, political realm right now. Um, so the Democrats, their whole thing. So even even when even when you talk to the Democrats, th th this is how you know that we're not politically astute. And to your question, Queen Marcy, um, or analogy, I think it's interesting for the for the Trump people. Let's get on the Republic clans real quick uh, for for the Republic clan party and the Trump supporters and all of that. It's interesting because this is what Trump said. He was asked a question, should the government require children to be vaccinated for preventable diseases? He said, no, fund public ad campaigns about the risks and benefits instead. So even if his supporters were paying attention, they would be asking him like, what the hell did you nominate this woman for? Mm -hmm. uh, but, but same thing with the Democrats. When you ask the Democrats, the, 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 the voters, what has the party done for you since 80, 88 to 90 percent of black voters in this country vote Democrat? You should be able to show some tangibles on what they have done. You should be able to show some policies that directly affect you, our community. You should be able to show this, especially considering that when the New Deal started, that's when black people got on the boat in the 1930s with the New Deal. That's when they switched from Republic Klan to Democrat. So since you've been voting for this party since the 1930s, you should be some, able to show some tangibles that have actually affected you and made your life better. And if you can't do that, then just saying we got to get Biden or, or Trump out of office that's that's just not enough, man. It's idiocracy to me. And they can't show that. They can't tell you one policy. And the reason they can't tell you any policies is because we are immature when it comes to politics. We are immature. We have an immaturity when it comes to politics and how it actually works and operates. Now, a lot of people are saying that if Trump loses, there's going to be a civil war, if Biden wins. A race, a race war. Yeah, race war. They said a civil war. It's going to actually be a race war. But um, whatever. You know, I, I, I don't know nobody, you know, that I know that's scared. But what's interesting is, is that I don't think if either one of them win that there's going to be a race war or a civil war. I think it's, you know, just chatter and talk. I think there actually will be a war if they start trying to mandate that everyone uh, gets vaccinated. But then I started doing some research and there's little subtle ways that they're gonna try to make this happen. And travel through the airport, you know, things that they control. And I seen that you posted an article today, it was called Digital, and it said health passport travel the way to reopen of the borders. In other words, in order to cross the borders or to get on the on a um, plane, you're gonna have to have a, a digital health passport in addition to your passport. So, um, what do you think about that, brother? Uh, well, I, I I totally agree with you, uh, Raheem. First of all, I don't think that there's gonna be a lot of things are being hyped right now. Um, we don't know what's gonna happen, but I I just don't foresee that happening. Uh, I do foresee the, the 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 scandal and the conniving way that they're trying going to try to slip that mandatory vaccine in, and I think that those that's a bigger issue than um, than a, a potential civil war based on race or based on political affiliation. Um, and the and the reason is is because 
Um, you know, you got a guy who's not even in the medical field with Bill Gates, who's been pushing global vaccinations. Why does the whole world have to be vaccinated? What's 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 the purpose in that? And people think it's money and economics. Well, he's got all the money. So when you're a person who's got all that money, he's worth what, 58, 60 billion dollars. Um, so how much more money do you really I mean, one percent of the world's population controls eighty-five to ninety percent of the world's wealth and resources. So um, that makes no sense. The vaccine does, though, because the vaccine's got something in it that people aren't going to want. And the white woman Celeste has been talking about it, who worked with FEMA and has said that they came up. They, they she was at the table with FEMA back in the mid nineteen hundreds when they were coming up with this plan. Right. Uh, not mid nineteen hundreds, mid nineteen nineties. When they were coming up with this plan for the vaccine and the and the AI that's going to be the part R of the vaccine, positive. yeah, exactly. So I think that that's more. Uh, uh, we should be more focused on that. That's more of a reality because they've been prepping us for that. And real quick, they're they're doing it over in England right now. They wow. not 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 doing it, but what they have in England. And I don't know, they could have it here in the US. I don't have it on my phone yet. But what they have in England, even if you turn your thing off to get the COVID, it'll yeah. go on there anyway. But even more so, what it will do, your phone. Over in England, their phones will tell them, you came in contact with somebody who's got COVID. Oh, that's the trace. Yeah, that's the yeah. trace. On your phone. Yeah. And they will tell you, you need to go self-quarantine. And if you don't, it's a thousand pounds, and if you continue not to, it's ten thousand pounds. Yeah. Now, see, that goes in line with the RDIF chip because in China, what they do is they practice social currency, and so they connect it to. So that's how they kind of keep people um, in, in in control and also depopulation. Exactly what you just talked about, and it's like, how do we know that the information that they are providing us on our devices? is accurate or if there's something else going on there where they're just trying to keep us indoors like a lot of people have suspected so that's that's uh something huge that we really do need to probably put more energy and time um trying to figure out what's going on but i wanted to take this opportunity to ask you more about the unity walk and p-l-e-e-s could you share more about that yeah so our organization the unity walk um how we started, people were reaching out to me back in 2016. I'll give you the real quick rundown. Uh, people were reaching out right after the Philando Castile murder. And prior to that, uh, it was the brother Alton Sterling in Louisiana. So they, the police murdered Alton Sterling. And then less than 48 hours later, it was probably like 36 hours later, police in Minnesota murdered Philando Castile right in front of his daughter who was in the back seat. Um, and so people, you know, our community was scared, um, at fearful as they should be, because uh, you don't know if this is an all out attack. Uh, we do know that police departments and government uh, 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 jobs and military jobs were infiltrated by white racist organizations back in the 1990s. Uh, this is documented. The FBI has the file, the statistics on these groups and individual people from these groups going into these areas. It's almost like it was uh, uh, they, they they targeted these areas. So they went in with a specific intention, a specific mention, uh, mission. So after these murders, people were asking, well, what can we do? And my immediate response was, well, why would you extract our wealth from the system? Why would you keep paying into a system that the people who 
are supposed to protect the businesses that you're spending your money, those businesses aren't making that group liable for your death. Mm. And that's the police. Their job is to protect business and make sure. So, so that was the immediate response. Like we should not be spending money except on our needs, not our wants. We need, you need gas to get back and forth to work because you got bills. You don't need Nike tennis shoes. You really don't. You can sustain, abstain from that. So I started that. And then I said, you know what? It hit me like I travel this country and black people, we are so disconnected. Communities that I go in, it's like we're not talking to one another. We don't speak. We got our heads down. You open the door for somebody. They looking at you crazy. Like, what is this for? I mean, just simple things like that. So I said that we have to get off this social media stuff and get in spaces together. Mm. Get social media. Because I use this, I use this only to disseminate information. That's all it's good for for me. Uh, uh, but we need to get in spaces where we can laugh together, where we can build together, where we can strategize together, where we can talk to one another again. And so that's how the Unity Walk was born. When it started, it really took off like a flame. All the they was having them out in, in Compton, California, to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to Chicago, Illinois, all across the country. Uh, then it kind of tapered off. And then we had a real comeback in 2000, uh, end of 2017, 18. That's when I, uh, we became a nonprofit. And um, our purpose is to go into communities and help to provide a blueprint for how those communities can become sustainable with their people, as opposed to always depending on outside sources to uh, 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 give them what they need for sustenance. We really need to practice group economics. We really need to practice communal living because nobody is going to come save us. And when we have done that in this country, we have been successful. So the next step and probably my next work will be uh, uh, dealing with the military aspect of that. But um, I want to I wanted to get the first part, which is please. Um, the P stands for black politics. So um, P-L-E-E-S, please, black politics. So if we're going to live here, if we're going to live in this country, I believe we need to have our own political party. I believe it's long overdue. Like we're, we're 60 million people, 80 million people. We need to have our own party. If for nothing else than to extort the vote. Yes. For, if for nothing else than to extort, hey, we're sending this person. If they don't win and you come to our community, we're so on code that Yes. If you want this vote, this is what you have to do. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's non-negotiable. It's if, if the vote is that important as they say it is, mm-hmm. their exchange has never been a robbery. So then the, the next, the L is for land. If we live here, we need to own a piece of it. We need to own, I don't care if it, I don't care if it's an empty lot in the community. How many people I know live in the community for 30, 40 years and they don't even own the home that they live in. It's ridiculous. So we have to start buying and getting land and ownership. I'm all about ownership. The next thing is economics. So I'm looking at the, the playing field and I'm like, OK, why don't we have a black PayPal? Why don't we have a black cash app? Why don't we have, you know, a black or, or at least a conglomerate of black credit unions? I'm not so big on banks because banks are still tied in with FDI, FDIC. Uh, credit unions have a little bit more leniency. You have a little bit more of a vote in a credit union. As a matter of fact, the difference between the bank and the credit union, credit union, you could have five dollars 
your vote is just the same as the person who's got $500,000 in their account. You still get a vote. So um, I think that that's important. That you can see, you that that's tangible. You can vote for this person to be the CEO. You have a say in that. So the next thing is education. Malcolm said, uh, why would you give your children to your enemy to educate and expect them to give them the tools that they need to not only survive, but to make it and actually overcome? So we need education from a black perspective, from an aboriginal perspective. And I, th there's nothing wrong with that. We shouldn't feel any type of guilt. We shouldn't be feeling any type of, uh, I don't know, because white people give it to their children. So we need to be giving education to our children because it's a tool that they're going to need to make it into the world. And we don't give our children the tools a lot of times that they need to survive out here in this cold, heartless world. And then finally, spirituality and the spirituality pieces, because we're I mean, we're, we're all we're all spiritual beings having a human experience. Really, we're trapped in this body of flesh. The thing is, is that I, I wanted to make sure that. Um, we are separating from the religious ideologies. I want to be able to break bread with everybody. Yeah. I think everybody should be able to come to the table, but you I, you can't come to the table, at least in this organization, trying to push a particular religious ideology concept, uh, because at the end of the day, th this is this is what's targeted. So let's strategize, figure that out, figure how we can protect one another. Our black women in this country should feel protected. Our black children, whenever they step outside the door, they should feel protected. And many aren't. And that's a problem. And, and religion isn't, isn't going to change that. It hasn't yet. And I, I, end, I end with this. We, I think we have, to, we have to realize that, Brother Rahim, when you mentioned Marcus Mosai Garvey um, in his movement, he probably had one of the greatest movements in this country. Uh, it was very impactful. And, and, and the numbers prove that. Um, but I think we have to take into account, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, if we're having the same problems in 2020 that Marcus was having in the early 1900s, if we're talking about the same political uh, 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 jargon and rhetoric and BS in 2020, that Malcolm was giving us in 1963, 1962, if we're talking about these same problems, then the problem is no longer them, the problem is now us. We have to come out of this conundrum in this box that we're in. If it's not working, then we have to find another way and thus far it hasn't been working. You, you're 100% correct. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm really looking at this generation and I'm like, wow, you know, and I, and I think um, this generation is going to be the generation to really move us forward. And probably the generation after that is going to see the liberation, the freedom, justice, and equality that we all hope to see. Um, some people don't see it because what a lot of people do, and we have to stop doing this, is thinking that everybody get on cold. You know, if 25% of black people get on cold, we can do some things. If 5% of black people get on cold, we can do some things. And you're never going to have everybody on. It's not going to happen with the Hispanics. It's not going to happen with the Europeans. Um, but they do, the majority of them do get on cold. And I think that's what we are moving towards. Um, when we talk about banks and starting business, uh, 
just recently, Killer Mike and Andrew Young, they just opened up a black bank. You know, you have uh, One United, which is a black online bank, one of the biggest in the world. So I'll see our people leveling up, um, getting to the bag and becoming economically uh, sustainable and, and, you know, in the white man's world. But we definitely do have to do more. And that leads me to my next question, right? Um, I wanted to ask you, what do you think about non-foundational Black Americans who try to shoehorn their way into the legacy of oppression when they haven't went through the Peculiar Institute of Slavery, they haven't went through Jim Crow Reconstruction, and they damn sure ain't been catching hell from the white man in the last 300 years when they tried to come in and I want to say co-opt the movement or speak with, with, with vitriol towards black people. What do you think? What do I think? Yeah. Um, honestly, well, I mean, I'm, it, it, it's obviously disrespectful, but I think we've allowed it. Mm. At, the end of, at the end of the day, people do to you what you allow. So, you know, we've been buddy, buddy. We've been inviting everybody to the barbecue. And when you invite everybody to the barbecue, sometimes they get very comfortable when you allow them to. When you allow them to have the full plate and they shouldn't have gotten in the door in the first place. So what happens is life, be, it becomes a domino effect. So you invited me to the barbecue. Well, if I'm white now, I can use the N word. And mm -hmm. this group right here might, they might be cool with you using the N word. This group over here might smack you in the mouth. Now it's a conflict between two groups because, well, my white friend should be able to use the N-word. No, he shouldn't. Get out of here with that. And, and, and so it's the same thing with the non-foundational Black Americans who want to come in and try to hijack the movement. We've allowed it. And, and, we, and that comes from a place of not being on code. Raheem, you are absolutely right. All white people don't, they don't, necessarily get on code this but uh, hispanics uh asians other group but this is how this is what happens and this is what we have to get a group of white people will get on code they'll be making some moves guess what the other ones just stand down they don't say anything they just stand down they might not be with you don't know if they're with it or not they're just allowing it to play out. Mm -hmm. See, we want to get in. We want to get in, in each other's way. Mm. You got a group of people, uh, black people out here making moves, doing it. Just stand down and stay out the way and let them work. Yeah. That that can be that can be more progressive as far as being on code. But what we want to do is we want to stand up against that. We want to call that out. We want to oh this that. And usually when we're doing it, we're doing it for the same establishment that this group over here is trying to conquer. Ice Cube. <laughs> Everything you just said. Do you think that, that has a lot to do with uh, what Dr. Joy talks about in regards to uh, the trauma? Post-traumatic um, slave syndrome. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I'm with you. I see so many great speakers and people who have an audience 
who have great ideas. But what I see more often is them fighting each other. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, if people could just work together, we could really get some things accomplished. I'm able to see the greatness in someone. And, you know, I'm able to see when somebody needs to chill out, like calm down. Mm -hmm. But it's almost like when you have certain people in the community come to those people and say like, hey, chill out. They get really aggressive and then just turn on everybody and then it turns into a big mess. I'm just hoping um, that, you know, like what you said, that we can come together as a community and do that. But what do you suggest uh, that Black people focus on who are opting to not participate in the political um, process anymore? What do you think that they should focus on if they're not going to participate? Uh, group economics. Find your tribe. It's simple. There are certain groups in, in this country that they, they're not concerned about the vote because they're working together. They're mm -hmm. already doing their thing. So it never matters to them who's in office. The, yeah. the, the only the only minute little things is, OK, taxes went up a little or they went down a little. That's that's about it. They're not concerned with who's in power because they're working together. And I think if we as a group of people did that, we would be much better off. We would, we, would, we would see how much more effective that is if we're going to be dependent, because to me, dependency is slavery. It's mm. just another term for slavery. You're dependent. Right now, right now, if, if in, in, in major black communities right now, if certain stores shut down, if certain, if certain locations shut down, some of them might not be able to eat, literally. Yes. They might not even have access to get to certain areas to get food. That's how serious it is. So we have to be dependent upon one another. The other thing is, is that we have to remember because there, there's, this, there's this star celebrity type worship that we have. Mm -hmm. And what they do is they, they put people in front of us. And because most people are in tune with tell lie vision, they're, they're watching this one-eyed devil and they're like, oh, look at her, look at him. And, but you don't know how this person is living at home. You don't know the trials and tribulations. All you're seeing is the glitz and glamor when the makeup is on. Right. But these are regular people behind closed doors. So they have regular uh, uh, deficiencies in character just like the rest of us. So when we see these groups, my suggestion would be overstand that everyone has deficiencies in character because what we tend to do is we tend to put leaders or who we perceive to be leaders on such high plateaus. We don't give them no room to grow. We only give them room to drop. Mm. And, if, and if something that is perceived as scandal or something is perceived as not right, there's, they can't, they're at the ceiling already. So all they do is drop. And, and, and we're not taking into account people have deficiencies. They're human. Right. So they're not perfected. They're not perfected beings. It's just not. You're 100% correct. Now, I like when you said uh, dependency is slave. We know that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad has been preaching when he was amongst us, do for self. We continue to say do for self. We talk about boycotting, and I tell people all the time, there should never be a boycott. What it needs to be is economic embargo, you know, where from this day until 
infinity. We are only spending money with black people unless it's, you know, the situation where you have no other choice, you know, and that's what we have to do as a people. And it goes to one of your quotes that you said, and I seen a lot of people, there was comment on it, and you said, black people don't want nothing except white acceptance. Mm. All right. You want to talk about that? Um, yeah, so so one of one of the greatest one of the greatest um I think one of the greatest events we can say we've either read about or some people are alive who have viewed it. Um and it just lends credence to the to the power that we have as a people that we refuse to use. So um the Alabama bus boycott. Mm. Um but see bus boycott boycotts like that take it takes discipline. It's strategy, but it takes discipline. Those, though, that group of black people walked to work. They were willing to do that for over a year until the bus system was like, we can't, economically, we can't stand it. We as black people could have been crushed the system economically just by not shopping, just by being disciplined and saying, I'm not buying your shirts. I'm not buying your shoes. I'm only going to buy my wants. Yes. And, 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 or by or by wing because we have people that that are doing their thing like you brother and i, I yeah i want to show the show the audience i'm winging it out today and i by the way i love you i love your apparel brother i really do I appreciate, um, I appreciate you um but when i when i made that statement it was based on the fact that year after year or every what four years every eight years to me, the voters game is a begging game. And you beg, why do people beg? Because they have no negotiating power. They have no nothing to negotiate with except themselves. That's it. That's why you beg. When you see a person on the corner begging, and you, you, you don't know if they're playing or faking nowadays, but if they're begging, it's because they don't have anything to give. They're trying to get. We don't have anything to give. So when people stand up against, uh, and I'm not all the way in on Cube's thing, not all the way in on it, but when somebody is trying to do something and you're over here at the Democratic Party and they're offering you nothing, that's what I meant by that. Right. We don't want nothing except white acceptance and that's not acceptable. And, 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 it, and it's clear, you see it, you see it in certain jobs. Some people are just happy to get a pat on the back from white people. And it's disgusting. Yeah. It's disgusting. Right. So, they, so measure, they measure their every movement, movement to what white people are doing. Like, oh, if it's okay for white people, it's okay for us. But I agree with you. We need to be on our own wavelength trying to yeah. figure out our own stuff. But exactly. we're coming close to the end of the program. So I wanted to give you an opportunity to speak on anything that you feel like is pressing that people need to know about um, that you just want to share with the people. Uh, so first of all, I want to thank you, uh, Queen Marcy and King Raheem Shabazz. I, I, I love you both. Um, and uh, matter of fact, it was great seeing you all recently. So um, I appreciate that uh, in, in person. Um, the one things I want to say is that um, until, until, our people are not being traumatized. 
until we have communities that are producing the best that we can produce in our children, in our women, in our men, black people, we're at war. Mm. And, and you can fight that, you can try to block it out, you can try to put blinders on, but until you get into the rhythm of the war, if you never get into the rhythm of the war, continue to take losses because that's what's going to happen. So we have to come to a point where we get into the rhythm of the war. We are under attack. And, you know, for those that for those that that live in communities where they don't see that or they don't. OK, you're you're good then. You're good um, for now until they come for you, too, because you always get your nigga wake up call. They'll always give it to you eventually. So um, but. We're under attack. We all we got, hashtag we all we got, like like until we come to the realization that our dependence on one another. Um, Brzezinski, a military guy, as a matter of fact, his daughter, um, I can't remember her name, but she co-hosts with uh, uh, Joe on um, Morning Joe on uh, MSNBC. Mm-hmm. Her father, this is a true statement in his book. He said, the main thing we have to do is make sure that we keep black Americans, Africans, and black Brazilians, the three largest black populations on planet Earth separated economically and environmentally and socially. Mm, mm, mm. Division. Uh, and, 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 so, and so they have a they they plan for us. We don't plan for them. We don't, we don't, we don't strategize. And we don't work together. We could change this overnight just by working together. Coming, sitting down at round table, strategizing, and then going out and executing. Literally, this could be changed overnight because we're a brilliant people. We're too smart of a people to be in the, position, the current position that we're in to be begging democrats, literally, who are who have said that they're not giving us anything. Kamala Harris said. Black Americans, I, I'm, I'm for all Americans. So, so you got nothing coming. Joe mm. Biden, no to reparations, but yes to police. <laughs> so so in, 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 until we come to that realization of getting past, we want nothing except white acceptance, we're going to stay in this conundrum. We're too smart for this. Can I ask a follow-up uh, question? Say it again. Can I ask a follow-up question real quick? Yeah, 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 yeah. What do you say real fast to those who say that reparations uh, in the trillions, what the debt, the debt that's owed to black people is not doable because it will cripple the U.S. economy? What do you say to that? Uh, not my problem. Not 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 my problem. So so here's the thing. That's why I fucks with you, man. Yeah, that, that, that's not my problem. A debt is owed. Yeah. What what, what look look let, let's be let, on, on some real shit here. Yeah. On some real shit, Raheem. Yeah. You, were, you and I both, we from New York. Yeah, absolutely. What would the mob do if you owed them? What would what would John Gotti have done if you owed him and you can't pay it? You're a body. Yeah. He he like. Oh, I can't pay you. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm just, no, no, not my problem. They took, this country took Republicans and Democrats lost $21 trillion. They said they just lost it. 
can't find it between 1998 and 2014. 21 trillion dollars. The country is 40 some trillion dollars in debt, but you can go give the Native Americans, you can give the Anti-Defamation League, you can send $3 billion every year for the last 30 years to Israel, pay us our money. You got it. Don't give me this shit about your crypt because when you pay these other countries, when you put money into the military fund, you're not worried about crippling the economy then. It's right. only when you talk about us and paying us what you owe is that you feel like, oh, it's going to cripple the economy. Let it cripple and bust. That's your problem. You shouldn't have charged our, our ancestors free labor for over 300 years and tortured and maimed our people. And now you don't want to pay. Not my problem. Okay. Right. And, and guess what, man? When we come for hours, we're going to say paper or plastic. <laughs> <laughs> give it to us. Yeah, we can work out a payment plan, you know. <laughs> but I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you real quick, real quick. They can keep that fiat currency in my case because I know it's not backed by gold. Give me the land you owe. Yeah, give me okay. the land you owe. What about, what about I'll, I'll get my own reparations. Just give me the land, millions of acres. What about Bitcoin? Um, Bitcoin no, because it because it, it it's it's kind of. Bitcoin has its peaks and flows. So yeah. if you had gotten in on Bitcoin when it was three and four cents, I think it's at like 10,000 now. Yeah. But there are some coins that they haven't peaked yet. Yeah. But gold, silver, art can't lose. Gold, silver, and art. Mm -hmm. what, what happens if there's a national emergency? They automatically go to the museums to get the art to preserve these things. Gold, silver, and art. Well, they preserve them now. Yeah. Come November 4th, them proud boys say, Y'all better be careful out here. But y'all, you know what's funny, right? And this is just to lighten up the uh the mood because I, you know, a lot of times when we're talking, we're dealing with some heavy science, dealing with something that's serious, and um, it can get people in the pressing mood. But what people got to realize, we deal with this every day, you know what I mean? So you got to have the heart the mind, the body, and soul for some of this type of thing. But I watched a video today, man, and it's a black dude that is a proud member of the Proud Boys. Yo, let me tell you something. The police couldn't stop these brothers. The uh, Proud Boys couldn't stop these brothers. Yo, they were whooping up on him, <laughs> and they was whooping up on the Proud Boys right in the park. In fact, I'm going to post a video on my IG. I ain't going to put it on Facebook for this. But this is just to let you know. Don't be on the wrong side. Don't think that you're going to be immune or you're going to be safe for whatever is bound to happen because you go to the side of your open air. You know, because if you don't face the wrath from your people, when they're done with you, they're going to return you back anyway, or they either do what they got to do. Brother Raheem. You, you got to out here, man. Yahoo's and, 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 uh, and like to do the bidding of your white handlers. All of that shit is going to have to stop, man, because when it gets serious, the first 10,000 bullets, man, probably going to be on our own people. Mm. Brother Raheem, word is bond. When I was driving back yesterday, I was in uh, close to Lexington, Kentucky.
Mm-hmm. I pulled off to get some gas. This is my word. Police escort. Police escort. Like I sat at this light for like about 10, 15 minutes. Police escort for those who support Trump. And all you seen, I'm going to post a video eventually, but all you seen was trucks of people just driving by with their flags on the back of their trucks, honking Trump pence. They had a police escort. (laughs) So, so we have to get on code. We have to get on communication. And and like you said, brother Raheem, it doesn't look, we ain't going to get all 60, 80 million, but if we can get 5%, we can get 3%. We can make some changes. Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Everybody don't make it. Now, listen, I don't want to contact you. You know, um, there's many organizations that, um, that I particularly um, broadcast or even acknowledge the work in the community. Very few. Shout out to the FTP community, um, community builders. There's, there's very few. Unless I walked and talked with them or been engaged in them in community building, I really don't, you know, but I, I'm a family no man. The Unity Walk is an organization y'all need to be a part of. How can they um, donate to your organization? Because freedom is not free. Um, and, you know, when do you have, well, you ain't going to have another event time soon to COVID. But it will definitely be ideal, man, if you could bring that to Atlanta. I would love, me and uh, Lee would love to help you with that. But we, we need some unity in Atlanta. But where can they go to um, find you at? Where can they go to donate money? And I know you know you'll take the change that jingle, but you love the money that falls. So what can you go? Um, so so people can donate. We actually got a GoFundMe going on right now. You can go to the Unity Walk called Building Our Own Community, uh, which is um, what our current project is. Uh, I believe that we have to get our people away from the trauma and and create a blueprint so that um, others can kind of step out, look in and see, okay, this is how a community should be thriving. This is how community members should be working together. So it's it's not about talk anymore. It's about you have to show and prove so they can look at the GoFundMe building our own community or they can just go to uh, Cash App, dollar sign, the Unity Walk or Cash App, dollar sign, Yurima Karama. Uh, you can find me on the usual suspects, Facebook, Twitter, IG, uh, um, and I have my own app. So you can go to www.yurimakarama.com. You can download my app. Uh, make sure you turn the notifications on because I do put up uh, videos that I don't put up on other outlets. So it's my own app. You can go there. It's got a chat in it. So this is a way that we all can communicate, get off their platform. If we want to communicate some serious stuff, um, and I'm the one that runs it. So um, there won't be any Mark Zuckerberg taking my stuff down because uh, it's me. So if you have something you want to send, I would love to put it up on my app. I want to advertise your stuff too, uh, Raheem. So please send me that. But that's where they can find me. They can uh, PayPal, um, Zen, uh, uh, Venmo, uh, Zell. I'm on all of those. Everything is Yurima Karama. So um, it, it all it just punch in Yurima Karama and you'll find me. Right. Okay. The I'm app gonna... also has twenty four seven music. 
that's appropriate that you can listen to and you ain't got to worry about somebody that you're not really feeling coming on there i, I downloaded the app oh I you on my app it. queen okay yeah. <laughs> I, I gotta download it i gotta download it yeah it's and got my, music on there and then moss let queen close it out um i want to tell everybody you know i've been following this brother for some time and we happen to physically meet in the physical form um, at an event where um, the brother was looking at some land, you know. So when you talk about land acquisition, you know, matter of fact, bumped into again a situation surrounding some land, you know. And um, I know you don't talk too much openly about it because everything ain't for everybody. And a lot of times you don't prematurely put something out in the universe because there's a lot of haters, all those other type of people out here. But family, if you have an organization or you have a civil rights group or any type of functioning, foundation or anything where you are bringing people together and you're talking about freedom, justice, and equality, if you're not discussing land acquisition, and all that shit is, it's just a study group. So make sure, man, that you're really serious about this land. And I want to leave y'all with a quote from my great grandmaster teacher, Dr. John Henry Clark. And he quotes, the Bible tells us that the meek shall inhabit the earth. But Dr. John Henry Clark said, the meek shall inhabit nothing but more change. Stop being meek, stop being docile, stop being humble to your open enemy. You know, oftentimes we find that we're more hostile to the individuals that live next door to us, the people that look like, that have melanated skin. We see every day. But when the open enemy comes, we pull out the camera, we video, we record. We're gonna have to stop that shit, man. We're gonna have to get on cold. I'm going to say peace and black power, and I'm going to let Marcy Lee close it out. Queen is going to close it out today. So I want to thank the Necessary Blackness podcast for tuning in and helping us uh, speak to and listen to the wisdom of our uh, guest, Yurima Karama. I want to thank my co-host, Raheem Shabazz, for holding it down. And check us out on social media, and we'll see you next time here on the Necessary Blackness podcast. Where you at on social media? You got to tell them. Forever, Marcy Lee. Check me out. Also, come on. We got him here. You got to let him know. The book is done. The second book. Oh, about yes, yes, yes. My second book, Fun in the Snow, mm -hmm. uh, is the second of a four-part series. The first one was Fun in the Rain. You can check them both out on Amazon.com. And if you're here in Atlanta, they're also at the Black, Black Dot uh, Culture Center. And those are books that are child appropriate. And those are children books. Um, all characters are melanated. And these are books that express who we are and how we see the world cultural lens. So it's very important that we continue to support authors that put out books that resonate with who we are and those books appropriate for our children. So make sure y'all go to Amazon. Y'all purchase that. Um, 
I got the Wingy Apparel, wingyapparel.com. Also, you can go to elementarygenocide.com, get the three-part award-winning series documentary. You got anything else you want to add, uh, Yurima? Um, No, I, I do want to, one last thing, our hey, organization. Selling? What's that? You got selling no product, nothing? <laughs> Well, I, I, oh man, I should have, I should have had my stuff out. So I got, I got, uh, let me see. Um, I got my book. Um, you can see the cover. We talked about it. Um, but, uh, my book, please. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. And, uh, I'm also an artist. So I got, uh, I got hip hop CDs. You can find me on, uh, uh, Amazon, iTunes, Spotify, uh, my latest CD, it's got 19 bangers on it, called Up From the Trenches Out of the Tombs. Um, and uh, I got a classic called My Testament Volume 1. You have to get that directly from me, though, because it's classic. But I wanted to say this. Um, our organization, and please, I don't want, I, we, 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 so we scan, my team looks at and evaluates. But for any mothers out here with children, who are going through like hard times, rough times, financial times, you, you know, we try to make a way to help you. And we have done that. We do it behind the scenes. I don't broadcast it a lot, but people, if you know somebody in dire needs, now they gotta be in dire needs. And, and I have a team that are going to evaluate cases because we know we got a lot of people playing on money and mm -hmm. my organization isn't rich, but we do like to help where we can. That's what I think it should be about. That's what I'm about, and that's what we push. So if there's anybody out here in dire needs, um, please reach out to us, and we will do what we can. I can't guarantee anything, but we will take a look and do what we can. You know what? I want to say that is so awesome because I know that there's a lot of Black women out here struggling, especially during these times. But another thing we didn't get a chance to talk about, I guess we're going to have to have you back on, is your five-week relationship program. That's something I wanted to talk about, too. Because well, we got, you got a couple of more minutes. You got a couple of more minutes, bro. I, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Right. <laughs> ask him. Go ahead. The next one. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Ask him about it. No, I did. I just wanted him to speak on it a little bit because on your IG, I saw you talking about how people come to you and you felt like it was time to kind of bring people together to help heal relationships between Black men and Black women. And I just thought that that was a, a great concept. Brother, you didn't tell me was a love doctor. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, actually, actually, um, I'm not going to run it. Actually, I'm looking for a male. We already got the lady, and she's brilliant. Um, I'm looking, and she's she's she knows her stuff. But I'm looking for a male, uh, Raheem, uh, that might want to. They they got to have extensive experience in the relationship department, though. But mm, that's the, not <laughs> okay. <laughs> But the uh, the yeah the, the relationship is going to be a five week a, a five week court basically dealing on on different aspects of relationships because I think that uh, a, th there's a lot of relationship toxicity out here mm -hmm. and that's the start if we see it start if we can just if we can have healthy relationships and those 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 can be friendships they can be intimate uh, 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 relationships. It doesn't matter, but as long as they're healthy without the toxicity, then that can spread out. But it kind of it's it's kind of hard to spread a positive message when two people get together and they're toxic. 
And then that's what filters out and it, it, it creates more toxicity. So like, for instance, one of the things that we're going to talk about, you know, people get into relationships just real quick. People get into relationships. They get in. But people never discuss how they're going to get out. And what do I mean by that? So you prepare. What do we do with children? You do you do fire drills so mm-hmm. you can prepare the children on if there's an actual fire. You do tornado drills so you can prepare the children on if there's an actual tornado. Why wouldn't two adults prepare themselves in the event that this could possibly come to an end? What we're going to do? And so and so these are just like one of the things that 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 communication that we don't get on. And so I wanted to put that together, but I'm not going to be a co-host on it. Um, we're we're actually trying to vet some men right now to play that to do that part. But I, I think it'll be dynamic. I've looked at the curriculum. Uh, it was set up by the host, who's actually who's actually going to be the female host on there, and she's she's she set up an excellent curriculum. So I'm really I'm looking forward to sitting back watching it myself. Yeah, we definitely need something like that because you know we we got to fight racism and white supremacy on all fronts. And we have to make sure that we keep the nucleus of our family structure together. You know, we can't talk about black Black love is revolutionary. If you ain't got black love, you ain't really a freedom fighter or a revolutionary. You know, and you got to have those. So something like that is definitely much needed and it's something talked about. You know, I, I, unfortunately, I'm sorry I couldn't be one of the uh, hosts. But um, I might need to come in and, and, and see, evaluate, you know, how to do things and find out, you know, okay, this is what we got to do. All right. This is and then you, you, you never know, man, what can happen for me. Exactly. It's all about growing. We grow from the cradle to the grave. So absolutely. <laughs> all right. And so I'm, I'm going to say, man, uh, uh, Yurima, we, we held you long enough. Man. I definitely appreciate you. And, and notice, sure, man. Any time that you you want to come on, man, there's an open door policy. You want to, man, that can call me directly. Let's make it happen. Thank you, brother. I Thank appreciate you. you. Thank you. All right, peace. Peace. peace.